Need your Minnesota United soccer fix? We've got it for you here. It's Loon Talk on Score North. Welcome to Loon Talk. Jonathan Harrison here, joined once again by Voice of the Loons, Dan Terrar. Dan, how are we doing today, sir? Doing doing great. Uh, yeah, I've had a couple of matches to watch in the last uh, few days and looking forward to another one coming up. There's always something coming up, so let's just get into it. I'm ready. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, just dive into it. No AJ Fredrickson here tonight. Uh, scheduling issues. We moved the podcast day or podcast back a couple of days because of the U.S. Open Cup game. So we've got plenty to talk about. Uh, I think we should just go in chronological order, Dan. As much as I don't want to start off the show with a downer, <laughs> it just makes sense to start in chronological order. So we'll start yeah. off with that Seattle match, a one nil loss. The Loons had their chances. Give them credit. They had their chances. They were doing pretty well against Seattle. And then somewhere in the second half, it all just started falling apart. Uh, Jordan Morris came on, uh, and it, fe- it felt like Seattle just took the game over, and uh, Seattle scores, gets a 1-0 win thanks to a, a Rushnak goal that you know just felt at that time really like it was coming. Seattle was just continuing mm-hmm. to pile on the pressure and continuing to hound Minnesota. Minnesota couldn't get the ball out of their own half. They couldn't control possession in the second half, and – they really struggled against the Seattle side that just pushed and pushed and pushed, huffed and puffed, and finally blew the house down in the in the second half. Uh, this is a a recurring theme we've seen with this club. Uh, there was a point in the last six years where Minnesota was on the other side of that, where they would get outplayed, they get you know out hustled, they they lose the ball, and all of a sudden it'd be zero zero at halftime, and we'd be going, hey. They looked really bad, but at least they're not losing. And then they'd find a way to squeak out a goal in the second half, and the other team would be very frustrated. Uh, this was the other side of that, which we've seen too. So here's the deal. When you play what you think, you know, what I think they were pretty happy with their first half or most of it, uh, but you don't score a goal, that actually all of a sudden turns the momentum. And this isn't the same in, in every sport, but for some reason in the MLS, when – the longer you go without scoring, no matter how bad you're dominating a team, somehow you, the momentum shifts. And sometimes it's quickly, sometimes it's slowly. But it's almost like if you're scoreless at halftime, you're almost better off being the team that didn't play as well in the first half because that seems to be that seems to make the locker room talk a little easier for the coach. And that team always seems to come up a little more fired up with more energy. Uh, they play more aggressive in the second half. It's weird, but we've seen it so many times that it, you can you could almost, like you said, you could almost feel it coming. Second yeah. half started, didn't get a jump. All of a sudden, some chances started coming for Seattle, and then they came a little quicker and then a little better, and then finally they they got a goal. So yeah, it was a it was a it's not a new storyline by any means, but it's one that you really don't want to continue continue to you don't want to repeat it at all absolutely not you want to you want to figure out your attack at some point here and we'll get to that in a little bit because it seems like they figured out something in the attack against detroit city but we'll get there uh in a little bit we're not going to delve we're not going to stay on the seattle match for too long because obviously just a disappointing game uh really tough loss the eighth consecutive loss in seattle for the loons in the regular season just can't find a way to get even a point from Seattle, even when it looks like you're the you're playing well for a good chunk of that match. And 
I want to talk about the attack a little bit because it did feel like they had their chances against Seattle. That uh, front, that unchanged front line yeah. uh, in Seattle of Mender up top, you had Banya on the left, Robin on the right, and Song Bin Jung yeah, as the number 10. I felt like it was doing what it was supposed to do. They were really challenging at Seattle back line. They were running at them. They were using their speed. And it felt like eventually it was going to succeed, but then they change it at halftime or they change it at 60th minute or whatever it is. Luis Amaria comes on and it feels like night and day with that attack between what Mender Garcia is up top. And I don't want to just mm-hmm. point it all to Luis Amaria. Obviously it's a whole group wide issue that they just can't score goals and they can't get shots, but it just feels like it felt like Saturday that things completely shifted when, when Luis Amaria came on the field. Yeah, and I don't know if if that was coincidence or if it really made the team play differently. But but you have to play differently. Um, Luis is going to be he's going to play hold up. His back's going to be to the goal most of the times when he gets the ball. Mender is going to be moving forward. It is different. It does change the way you attack. It, it changes the way you uh, move the ball, the way you cross the ball in. Um, so, and the speed difference is fairly significant between the two. So it does change the way you play. Um, but I, I don't know. It just seems like by that point, when Luis was coming in, you were hoping to get a boost, whatever that would be, whatever he can do, because the things were starting to slip away. So I wouldn't say that they slipped away when he came in. I would say they just continued to slip away when they came in because it was already, it was already starting to feel like we were hanging on and, and, and Seattle was, was inevitably going to score. It felt like, so um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you, but I don't agree with you. It was kind of one of those, what came first, the chicken or the egg, the, the, the yeah. Luis or the loss, what came first? I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> probably the more fair assessment of yeah. it is that the game was already starting to slip away. They made the change and it just, it definitely started or it's slipped away even more fully uh, once the goal went in. So yeah, it, it's, it's frustrating because you know the amount of time and the effort they put into Luis Amaria to make him the guy and hope that mm-hmm. he's the guy. And when he first started, when he first came to the club a couple of years ago and he had that hot start where he scored a couple of goals in the first two games, it felt like, Oh man, they finally got their guy. And then it just has not been the same since those first two games uh, in San Jose and in Portland. And it's just, it's, it's frustrating, but also you have this young attack that has shown that, yes, they're very raw. They have youngsters in that attack. Mender's, what, 24? You have Bongi, who's 21. You have Song, who's 21. I believe that's the correct ages off the top of my head. But you got three young guys. You have Robin Lode, who's 29 mm-hmm. or 30 at this point. Uh, so you got the one old guy in the group. But for the most part, those three young guys, they can run, and they can run really fast, and they've shown that they can get at those yeah. back lines. And I like what I've seen, obviously, because of their age and their youth they're going to be a little bit more raw. But from what we've seen so far, I know the end product isn't there, but I feel like if you keep giving them more time, the end product will show up and they will be a very potent attack. Yeah, I agree. And I would add to that, that the core of this team, uh, Kervin Ariaga is, is very young. Uh, Asani Dotson is young. Um, So, uh, you know, other than some guys on defense, this team is pretty young with, with Robin Lode in there. Um, and if uh, Emmanuel Reynoso ever uh, makes a showing, he's young. So, no, there's some good young talent on this team. And uh, I, what I like is not, not only the youth and the speed, but I like the aggressive nature of a lot of these kids. Ariaga is always playing on the edge. Um, 
Rosales is another one. Let's throw him in the mix too. He's young and he plays plays with a lot of tenacity. So yeah, I agree. There's a lot of youth there, and uh, but you know, there's always that one piece missing. You know, is Mender Garcia the guy? I don't know. We we thought you know, was it Abu Bin Laden? Was it Mason Toy? Should we run down the whole list? How many no. can you name? How many strikers can you name? That would take the rest of the episode. (laughs) So do I think that? Yeah, do I think that he's the guy that's gonna you know someday score uh, twenty goals for us? No, I don't. I I I hope he's I hope he someday scores ten for us. That'd be a start. (laughs) We can't be no. We can't get greedy here. You know. You want (laughs) to see it first before you start believing in it. Well, yeah, because we've seen a lot of guys that looked like they might be the guy and then nothing. So it's a, it's, you know, it turns out, Jonathan, uh, playing striker in professional soccer is incredibly difficult. What? And there aren't, yeah. And there aren't a lot of guys that do it very well. And either you have one of those guys or you don't, we don't. So you have to do it by committee. You have to do it however you can. But um, for now, I'd like to see more of him. I want to keep seeing what he can do, you know? I'm in the same boat. I want to I want to keep seeing more of Mender. I want to keep seeing more of that attack because I like what I've seen so far from it. Robin looks Robin looks revitalized after a couple games playing uh as a number 10 or in the midfield. He looks back to what we expect to see from Robin week in and week out as that right winger. Uh that's nine minutes and twenty seconds spent <laughs> on that Seattle game that we'll never all get back. So let's move on <laughs> to more happy notes and talk about uh yesterday's as as the time we're recording. Yesterday's 3-1 win for the Loons in the third round of the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, Loons head to Detroit uh, City FC, and uh, first time these two clubs have ever met. Uh, there is a former Loon on the squad in Detroit in O'Neill Fisher, and Loons got to see him again. Uh, Loons go with the change lineup, obviously, because of uh, the U.S. Open Cup. So they have Amory up top, or they had Amory up top. They went with Dunbar and Emmanuel Iwe as the wings with Fragapane as the number 10. And you and I have talked plenty of times. Pregapane is that number 10 is actually kind of a nice role for him. It seems like it's a, it's a different role than that left winger role, but it seems to fit him a little bit. Uh, the rest of the lineup, Rosales and Ariaga, uh, Devin Padelford made his first ever appearance with the number one or with the first team squad. Tapias lined up with Coleman in the center back pairing. DJ Taylor started again at the right back spot. Clint Irwin starting goalkeeper. And it looked like Dan right away. Detroit was all <laughs> over Minnesota and it looked like there was a cup set on the hand on hand oh, in Detroit man. as uh, Matthews for Detroit scored in the fifth minute. Not what you wanted to see. Started off with the turno- a bad turnover by, if I'm remembering things correctly, Luis Amaria. And then they then uh, Detroit just takes it upfield and strikes it into the back of the net. And uh, they struggled to get into it for the first half, but the second half, different story. But uh, when that goal goes in in the fifth minute and it's the USL championship side scoring at home, what was your thought it was, uh, when you saw that happen? 3,000 people going crazy. <laughs> yeah, 10,000, but yeah. No, there weren't 10,000 there. That's what they said. I think okay. there was like three or 4,000. Well, let me check here. I think they were counting soccer balls. Uh, and... 5,000, yeah, five. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be real honest. I, I watched the first half. And I, my stomach hurt. I couldn't watch anymore. <laughs> I really thought that they, cause they looked like there was just no chance they were going to pull that out. So I went and I did some other things that were, would keep my mind off it. When I came back, well, they scored all three goals in like eight, seven, Six eight minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. So I came back right about the time the third one was scored. And then I was like, okay, well now there's nothing to watch. They're going to win. So <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, we've talked about this before. 
the U.S. Open Cup and, and, and stuff. I, you know that it always frustrated me to have a tournament inside a season. Mm-hmm. But I'm, you know what? I came to a revelation, and you've known this all along, and I have too, but it finally struck me. I said, no, wait a minute. Here's what's good about this. Here's why this works. Because if you're Minnesota United, it's kind of a chess match. You know you're going to go to a team that's going to this, – this will make their whole season if they can win. Yep. So they're going to put everything they have into it. You are going to face a team that's playing the best they possibly can with the talent they have. So as a, as a team, as a club, as a manager, you have to decide, okay, I'm not playing my starting 11. Nobody's going to do that, right? At least not at this point in the, in the U.S. Open Cup, or probably not. So I'm going to play just a good enough lineup to make sure I win. And when you think about that, that's not easy to do. Yeah, it's a fine it's a fine balance is. that the manager has to weave there. It is. And in the first half, it looked like he completely failed. And then the second half, they got it together and they got yeah. the win. But that part of it now has me more interested in these mid-season tournaments because it wouldn't be good, it wouldn't be entertaining at all if it was uh, the, the best 11 for – you know, the MLS team going against them. It would rarely be any anywhere near a close match. There'd almost never be an upset. Well, but Sacramento the, made it to the finals last year and they're the USL championship. So they almost right. the ultimate. Right. No, no. And there, and there are, there are teams that, that make yeah. those runs, but uh, you know, it, it, what makes it interesting is coaches have to kind of roll the dice a little bit yep. and think how many guys can I let rest and still win this? Cause nobody wants to lose in the first couple rounds no. to a, to an inferior team, but nobody wants to play their whole starting 11 in the middle of the MLS season. So you have to walk that line of how deep can I go and still win? And I, that part of it now intrigues me. So I'm all in and we're, we're going to win the whole thing now. I'm good. <laughs> the thing I like about it is that you, when you have these matchups where the MLS play where the MLS teams play uh, lower division sides, you're starting to see the the growth of U.S. soccer and the fact that these USL championship sides they're challenging, absolutely challenging MLS mm-hmm. sides, and they're putting to, them to the sword. So MLS sides now can't go into USL championship sides and just take an easy game or think yeah. it's going to be an easy game anymore. Where in the past, MLS sides would go to NASL sides or whatever. Uh, inferior league was around at that point and just kind of wiped the floor with them every once in a while every once in a blue moon there would be an upset but for the most part it was just a walk in the park for them but now mls i can't do that uh who was it san jose they lost yesterday yeah i saw that but it's Uh, san jose right but i don't remember remember they lost either uh i'm gonna pull it up here if i can get my phone to work uh i don't remember what division they were in but san jose went in and they lost to a side that plays in, I believe the USL championship. Yes. USL championship. So uh, it's, it goes to show the growth that this sport has had in this country and continues mm-hmm. to have. And that's exciting. Um, but yeah, it, it is a very fine balance. You have, or a manager has to have there figuring out who can I get a rest, who needs a rest and right. how good of a lineup we can play. And eventually it did come through. Eventually Minnesota just kind of wore <laughs> down Detroit. Uh, yeah. And scored three goals in six minutes. Emmanuel Iwe gets his first ever professional goal for the Loons. So congratulations to the kid. Uh, it was a nicely taken goal. I mean, it didn't look clean, but he got it up and over the keeper in a very yeah. tight angle and scores. Amaria finally scored an open play goal for the first mm-hmm. time since I believe August of last year. So he gets off. Uh, he finally gets that. 
off his back can finally look at that and say, hey, I can score from home, but play it as a thing that can happen. Let's do that in the MLS now. Uh, nice wasn't, so see, uh, wasn't so sure after the first half if he could. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to talk about the point blank miss that nope, he had in that's the end of the match? That's enough. Uh, we covered it. We covered it. You got say, it back. Uh, my so. texts weren't happy about that. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't be. Uh, so anyway, they get they get the win, and and uh, no, it's 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 fun to watch and see how managers attack it. How so, you know? And we don't know. I didn't look at San Jose's lineup. They might have said, you know what? We got enough problems. We got enough guys dinged up. I'm throwing this lineup out there, and I don't care. You know, what I mean, it's, it's not. Um, it depends on where your team is at, where you're at injury wise where you're at in this in the standings and and deciding how much you want to put into this and you know San Jose might figure we got we got our own we got enough to worry about you know what's going on right here I you know let's just throw these guys out there and see what happens so yeah uh so we've got plenty of other US Open Cup games going on right now um couple MLS teams facing lower division sides uh nobody in cup set range yet cuz all these games are still pretty early the farthest along are a couple of games at halftime, but nothing really exciting. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep we'll keep that uh we'll keep looking at that throughout the show. Uh Dan, let's take a look at uh well that's all we'll go into that match as well. This might be a pretty short show today without AJ here. Um let's take a look across the league at some of the other scores and news that happened over the week. Um the biggest headline for me, anyways, was uh LA Galaxy finally getting their first win of the mm-hmm. season, a two-nil win against Austin in which LA Galaxy looked good for a majority of that match. They really dominated and controlled that game against Austin, finally getting that win. Uh, Sporting Kansas City still continue to struggle. They are the last team in the league looking for their first win. Both of those were the most significant talking points, for me at least, coming out of this last weekend. Uh, And I don't think any of us thought the LA Galaxy were the worst team in the Western Conference at all. Um, and so that's why maybe it's just it's not as surprising to me that they you know finally looked good. Um, I put them. I feel like they're a little bit in that Seattle territory where eh, don't write them off yet. Um, they'll probably make a run at some point and, and climb the table. Um, and as far as uh, Sporting Kansas City goes, I don't know exactly what's wrong with them. Um, and they've got too old of players. That's what's wrong but with them. Everybody's you think it's an been, age? Is it an age thing? Yeah. Everybody's but, been playing there for the past yeah. like six years and they, and Peter Vermees is one to never substitute. Yeah. So they all just have their legs run off <laughs> by guess. this point in their career. And they haven't done a good job at all of replacing any of those guys that have retired or moved on to other teams. So mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a team that has had, that has developed kids through their Academy, but none of them have been good enough to replace the guys that they're supposed yeah. to be replacing and they haven't done a good enough job recruiting. So it's just, it's it's a system, it's a thing where Sporting Kansas City has kind of been building to this by a lack of recruitment and a lack of, I guess, their plans coming together. <laughs> their plan, it's all just the way we planned it, yeah. So no, I think they're in trouble. It's going to be a long season, I think, for them. Yeah, uh, Philadelphia uh, continue to pour, thing, pour, pour in goals as they get four as they put in four against Toronto and Toronto not looking good this season. Nope, and I already struggling. saw rumors that uh, Bob Bradley seat a year and a half into the job is already growing a little hot. Up wow. In Toronto. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's it's sho- crazy. I mean, it's shocking. Cause you, you figured with the resources that Toronto has that, mm-hmm. that they pour into their club, right? Like you figured Bob Bradley of all people who made LAFC 
had a good successful first couple of years uh, until he moved on to L- or until he moved up to Toronto. Uh, you figured he'd be able to get that thing going again and have them at the top of the Eastern Conference, but they didn't make the playoffs last year. I don't believe they brought in Insigne and they haven't done anything since. They've looked yeah. miserable. They look terrible. They've got a negative one goal differential. They're scoring plenty of goals, but they're not they're not defending well at all. And they've poured in plenty of resources, and they're still uh, at the bottom of the Eastern Conference and not looking good. So it makes sense that his seat would be growing hot because you brought in this guy who has a reputation for playing or having his teams do well, and they haven't done well at all. It's looked bad. Since yeah, if, if you if you if you don't if you don't defend well and you don't have good goaltending, it's really tough to to make the playoffs even because it's tough in this league to score more than a couple of goals. And if you're giving up two or three every match, because you don't play good defense, because you don't have good goaltending, that means you got to score three or four goals to get wins. And you just can't do that on a a regular basis. So that's one thing uh, that we've always had here in Minnesota uh, after what the first couple of years, they were rough as you'd expect, but we've always, you know, for the last three, four years, our defense has kept us in matches, even though we struggled to score goals and kept us competitive, you know, made us a playoff team for three years in a row. So, yeah, I think that's if you look at Toronto, they, they need to start finding some guys that can play defense and, and start there. So, yeah, Minnesota currently tied for looks like third fewest goals allowed this season in the Western Conference by mm-hmm. allowing just eight. But they've only scored eight. So they got a zero goal yep. differential at this point sitting seventh in the Western Conference. So. It's a it's a playoff spot because over half the teams in each yes. each, each, each conference right. get into the playoffs. Stop because. with the standings. It's too early. <laughs> too soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a team that has been struggling that looked like they were going to get off to a good start and started off undefeated with a 2-0 uh, or two wins to start off the season, but have now lost every single game <laughs> since. Inter-Miami losing uh, 1-0 to Houston. Sixth straight loss for Miami. A club... That is openly recruiting Lionel Messi to come there in the summer. Uh, if you're Messi and you see Barcelona in La Liga winning La Liga, it looks like. Yes, they're going to have financial issues to the point where they're probably going to have to sell half the squad. Or you see Inter Miami, you see, let's try and break the American market wide open. Let's be the first soccer player to ever do it. But the team that wants you and the team, the only team that can afford you is losing six straight games and not looking good doing it. Where are you going to go if you're Messi? There's no there's no way he comes here if it looks like they're not going to be a playoff team. There's oh, no way. There's no way. I mean, he, he's got way too much pride and way too many good options to come to Miami. So, uh, um yeah, like three, I, I, a 300 million dollar a year offer from the Saudis. Right. We'll play there. So yeah, yeah give that a, give that a whirl. That might help your uh, 401k a little bit for retirement, so. It's working out well for Ronaldo. He's a no one now. <laughs> No yeah. one knows who he is. Uh, so, yeah, uh, plenty going on across the league. I mean, that's that's one of the bigger ones is the fact that Miami's losing six straight games. Um, plenty coming up this week. Some very interesting matches across the league. St. Louis and Portland. Portland, after beating Seattle 4-1, go to Cincinnati, get beat 2-1. Cincinnati's back at the top of the Eastern Conference alongside New England. Two teams that I don't know if we expected them to be at the top of the Eastern Conference because of uh, – how they played last year. I think Cincinnati, we expected to be competitive. I don't think we expected Cincinnati to be this competitive or this early in the season. No. And like, like I said, it's a little early to be looking at the standings, but I apparently you've been looking. So, uh, oh, looking, Dan, come on. So, yeah, no, I would not have picked that. I would have just guessed that 
Philadelphia would probably just pop. You know, I look at Philadelphia in the East, like we look at LAFC in the, in the West. You just right now, you just can't expect them to uh, pop up at the top and hang out there a good part of the season, if not all season. So yeah, a little surprised that Cincinnati's doing what they're doing. So in a weekend where we have the one and two seeds in the Eastern conference facing each other, we also have on the other side of things, the two worst teams in major league soccer playing each other in Montreal and in sporting Kansas city. Whoo boy. All of the seats still available for that one. <laughs> uh, every crazy. seat's available. Yeah. So uh, uh, who'd you, and I, and I stayed away from that one in the predictor. Who would you who would you pick in that one? Are you are you going to use that one in the predictor segment? Oh, I'm not touching that with that. No, I'm not either. So who so who would you pick? I'm going Montreal because Sporting Kansas City can't can't score. Yeah, like one nil or zero zero draw might be a good pick. I in think that one. I think nil nil draw and the epitome of why people <laughs> why Americans hate soccer is going to be the end is going to be the result of that match. They're going to point at that match like, see, this is see, what soccer. This is a horrible is. sport. This is the only thing soccer is is this instead of looking at. <laughs> Like Philadelphia <laughs> and Toronto last week, four two. Like, yeah, yeah. Fuck. No, I, no, I, I can't, can't argue with that at all. So, it's either going to be that, or it's going to be the most bat- oh, yeah. crazy game that you'll ever see. And six, six five, yeah. six five with a stoppage time goal. Yeah, it'll be stupid. Yeah. All right. Look, <laughs> since you, since you talked about it, let's bring in the predictor now, Dan. The predictor. We pick three matches in the coming week. One of them being the Minnesota United matchup. You pick the score or a draw. And uh, if you get the uh, winner or a draw correct, you get a point. If you get the score exactly right, you get another point. So six points available, although that never happens. Well, you say that. But Dan, <laughs> Dan Terhar, ladies and gentlemen, had himself a four-point week. That's amazing. He hit on all of his matches, got results, got the correct results in all of them, and even predicted the correct scoreline in one of them because of an embarrassingly <laughs> hilarious fluke own goal with the last kick of the match, Chicago couldn't help themselves but give the game away on Sunday. <laughs> I was Atlanta. I saw that highlight, and I said, "That's really stupid." And then I remembered that I'd picked that score, and I went, "No, it's not so stupid." I, I, looked, I saw that highlight. I'm like, "You got to be kidding me!" That's how Dan gets two points. Is that? Uh-huh. I, I it took me longer to figure it out, and I went, "Wait a minute! I think I picked that one." It was so. Oh, that's good. So Dan, good as as you've probably come to realize now picked two one Atlanta and a hilarious last second own goal by Chicago in Mercedes-Benz stadium gifts Atlanta a two one <laughs> win that they, I don't think they deserved at all. Well, and, no, of course nobody deserves to win that way, but you do sometimes, <laughs> but you do sometimes. And Dan gets two points for that. He also <laughs> predicted a two nil Philadelphia win. As we already mentioned, it was four two Philadelphia. So only a point there. He did predict Seattle would beat Minnesota. Boo. Uh, so he gets a point there. So he gets four points. So he jumps up from seven points last week all the way up to 11 points this week. Uh, AJ got one point this week by predicting a Seattle win. Uh, His other two things didn't hit. He predicted a 2-0 St. Louis win. It was 1-1 there. He predicted a 1-1 draw between uh, Austin and LA Galaxy. Mm -hmm. 2-0 win for LA Galaxy. So he's up to 11. Uh, I was in the lead on 10 points. Uh, AJ had 10. or Yeah, AJ had 9, and then Dan had... uh, Seven. I don't remember what the old score was. I think yeah. AJ and I were tied 10-10, whatever. And now it is 12-11-11 after I get two points last week. I said New England would win 2-0, but it was a 2-1 win for them. I predicted a 3-1 Atlanta win. It was only 2-1. Uh, so I, I got rescued a point there nice. thanks to that own goals, which keeps me a goal ahead of you guys. So 
Uh, I believe I started last week in the predictor, Dan, so you will start this week. Mm, things are tight, so uh, let's see. All right, well, I'm not going to jump into the Minnesota score yet because I don't want – no, I am. I am because I want to yeah. get my score because otherwise I have to I have to, I have to play defense depending on what you pick. So I'll go Minnesota United 2, Dallas 1. I had a similar score. I went mm-hmm. 2-0 Minnesota. I think okay. it's on hand, All right. and I think we finally, after the Detroit win – uh, I know it's a lower league side, but it's still USL championship. They still do compete. And Minnesota, yep. we're down yeah, got for 60 it. minutes of that match. Uh, okay. I think the scoring comes around. Two okay. Minnesota. Okay, good. Well, we both could get a point out of that one. So, all right. Uh, my second one, I will take Austin over San Jose, San Jose, uh, 2 0. All right. I was uh, flirting with 3 0. So, if you want to take 3 0, that'd probably be good defense. But I, I, I was am, thinking it would go in 3 0. I am not going to pick that one. I'm okay. going to have faith in Wayne Rooney, and I'm not going to have faith in Charlotte. What? I'm going to predict, Dan, here, a 2-1 D.C. United win over wow. Charlotte FC this weekend. Wow. I looked at that match, and I said, no, I'm not touching that. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't have any faith in what Charlotte are doing. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Right, but, but do you have that? Three, have... They're two DPs, and they're <clears throat> U22 guys. Basically, your three most expensive players. Yeah aren't scoring goals and they're not right. assisting either. So they're just not yeah. doing anything for your club. So I just that, don't trust DC much more. So I don't know. Um, all right. So my third one, I uh, just because I'm going to ride Miami's misery as long as I can, I'll take Columbus over Miami two one. Okay. That was my third game as well. So thanks. What did that. you have for a score? I had three nil Columbus. Do it. Go for it. Oh, I'm I'm sticking with it. It's gonna be okay. 3-0 Columbus because Miami are bad right now. Yeah. Columbus, uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay this over into write that down. Uh, our next prediction related segment, Dan. Wow. Okay. And, uh it's where we each make three soccer related predictions. They don't have to be score line predictions, they can be anything within soccer. Mm-hmm. At least mm-hmm. one of them has mm-hmm. to be Minnesota United related, though. And Dan, my first write that down uh will come up after. I tell you the accountability session because we do keep track of these predictions. We call the correct ones goals throughout the year. And the person with the most goals wins the coveted golden boot. Uh, I had one thing come off the board. It was a negative. I said, Mender Garcia and Bongi or Sung Bin Yang will factor in the scoring Saturday against Seattle. Well, Minnesota were shut out for the first time this season. So big old zero there. Nothing else came off the board for me. So I'm stuck on three goals so far this season, but plenty still have to come off the board. Uh, AJ had one thing come off the board this week and, Man, he had a parlay that damn near hit. He said Napoli will go through to the next round of the Champions League and Victor Ozeman will score a goal in that match to help them go through. Well, he got the goal correct. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, AC Milan also scored in that game and they're already up 1-0 in the aggregate. So AC Milan go through. He got half his parlay right, but uh, unless you get the whole thing, it doesn't count. So right. AJ, no points this week. Stuck on eight goals. But Dan... You had two things come off the board, one negative, one positive. You said in the next two MNUFC matches, and I clarified, I double-checked I double checked the, the audio. You said the next two MNUFC matches. You didn't specify league matches. Oh, come on, man. In the next two MNUFC matches, a starting defender will either score a goal or get a red card. Well, didn't happen in Seattle or Detroit. So, damn it. Sorry, you didn't clarify. No, it's because I forgot. I certainly would have, but I remembered. Fine, be that uh, way. You then. did say though, you, your club, your FC Kaiser Slaughtern. Yes, we'll get a clean sheet against whoever the hell they were playing in the yes. in the two Bundesliga. And 
it was a nil-nil draw. It was a they, nil-nil got nil-nil a, draw. they got their clean. Yes. Game. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that gives you at least one goal this week. You are up to nine. You are our leader currently in the clubhouse with nine goals. Uh, AJ has eight, and I only have three. Uh, so our write that down predictions. Since you went first in the predictor, I'll go first here. And go ahead. I've been teasing it. My first write that down. <laughs> in that yeah. Columbus 3-0 win, this isn't part of it. This is just kind of setting up the scene. As we said, uh, it was, as I said, at least it'd be a Columbus 3-0 win against Inter Miami. Write this down, Dan. Christian Ramirez will have at least a brace. Write that down. What? Write it down. Didn't you already jump in on him having I said lost early, points because of him? I said earlier this season, Christian Ramirez will have at least one more multi-goal game this season. He has right. not yet, but right. I said this season, so he's still got plenty of time to go. So if this hits, I get two points, one for that prediction and one for this prediction. You're just, are, are you really that strong on Christian Ramirez? Are you trying to sucker me into going the other way? A little bit of both, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I am yeah. not strong on Christian Ramirez. I'm strong on Christian Ramirez making a good first impression because he's done that everywhere he goes. He yeah. does really well in the beginning, and then it kind of flatlines, and it doesn't really pick back up. And so I'm I'm assuming, since we're still in the beginning part of the season, that he's going to keep doing that. He's going to still make his good impression, and he'll fire off two more goals, at least two more goals this weekend against Miami. What? Okay. All down. right. I got to play defense. Christian okay. Ramirez will not score a goal in the next three matches. Whoa! Write that down. I don't even down. know who their next three opponents are. I don't care. I don't care. See, you suckered me in. I don't even care. I didn't even do the research. I'm just going. The I'm hilarious going thing is it. their next three matches. Does so, that I don't even... want to know. I don't want to know. Well, no, we got to clarify this because the game. Oh. Uh, Actually, it started, so it doesn't count. Never mind. Okay, we're, we're not counting tonight. I was going to say, they play tonight. They're playing tonight right now. Yeah, uh, no, not counting. Like... Not till not till Saturday. Okay, it doesn't even look like he's in the lineup, so doesn't. Oh no, he is mm-hmm. on the he's in the bench, but so it doesn't count. Never mind. Tonight doesn't count, but their next three matches: Inter Miami, Orlando, and Rose. LA Galaxy. All of them, Dan, at home. Yeah. All of they, them what they have home. three in a row at home? Yes. Well, that's stupid. All right, that's fine. Go ahead. All right, next, write that down, Dan. Uh, I'm pulling it up here. Uh, this this last weekend, Manchester United uh, they beat Brighton in the FA Cup semifinal at Wembley. And that set up on my birthday of all days, a Manchester Derby for the first time ever in wow. the FA Cup final, June 3rd at I think 9 a.m. in the morning here because they okay. the, the London police weren't willing to have two rival fan bases from the same city uh, <laughs> meeting up at night in London. So they're like, no, 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 you got to move this game up to the afternoon. We're not dealing with this crowd. Not going to happen. Okay. So, for the first time ever, a Manchester Derby, Manchester United, Manchester City in the FA Cup final. I'm not confident about this pick because City are just destroying everybody and they're most likely going to win the league. But Manchester United will pull out the win. They will beat City and win the FA Cup final on June 3rd, whenever that is. They will win. You're not picking a score, just a win. No, hell no, I'm not picking just a score. It's a W. Just predicting w. Manchester United will win. Write that down. All right. Got it. Okay. Um... Let's see. Oh, Minnesota and Dallas. Got to get that one in. Um, There will be, because the last time we played at Allianz Field, the Mm -hmm. yellow card was invisible. (laughs) Yes, it was. In the match with Dallas, there will be five or more yellow cards issued. Five plus. By the way, did you see Adrian Heath got a yellow card last night? Uh, In the second half? In the first half. 
Oh, I did. I must have missed that. No, what? What did the chief? Was he walking out on the pitch? Yapping. I mean, wasn't really hard for him much? to walk on the pitch. There was no sideline. They were sitting on the pitch. <laughs> they were pretty much on there. Yeah. <laughs> no, he got a yellow card. It was pretty funny. Uh, I don't remember what for. Um, hmm, what do I want to do for my write that down? Write this down, Dan. At least two Minnesota United players will be on the match day team of the week, whatever we're calling it. This one. Oh. Write that down. You mean uh, for the for the week coming up? Yes. Okay, got it. So I don't think the week's Monday, been it, announced yet. Yeah. So whenever it comes out on yeah. Monday. Okay. Uh, next Monday. Two? At least two? At least two wow. United players. Wow. On okay. the match day team of the week. Right. Okay. Uh, my third, write that down. Sporting Kansas City will not see anything but the basement the rest of the year. They are locked oh. in. They're locked in as the last place team in the conference. Yep, they will not step out of the basement this year. That is a ballsy right. ass call this early in the Write season. Write that Brandon. down. Write that down. Whew. I mean, LA Galaxy is right there at six points. I think they're they on the way up. Flop with them. They could. No, I if I get through one week, it gets every week I get through it, it gets better. So I got to get through this week. Yeah. Ooh. There you go. I like that pick. That's a daring pick that they're just going to stay there all season. I don't long. see any hope. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. They have been miserable. <laughs> no, and it doesn't look like is... things are getting any better. One nope. of their DPs just had surgery again. So it's just like, when are these guys ever going to play for them? Their recruiting has been bad. Yeah. I, I can see it. I just don't know that I predict it in, <laughs> in April. <laughs> it's a pretty ballsy call there, Darren. It yeah. is right. early. So that has been Loon Talk for this week, a little bit later than normal because of the U.S. Open Cup game. We made the, the change on the fly earlier this week. We didn't really communicate that, but eh, you all still found the podcast. Uh, we will be back hopefully next Monday uh, recording right here alongside uh, Dan Terrar and A.J. Fredrickson. I'm Jonathan Harrison. Uh, Dan and I will be on the radio broadcast this coming Sunday night. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 7.30 or 8 o'clock? I don't even know what the game uh, is. It's pre-match 7.30, kickoff just after 8, I believe, is the correct answer to that question. There you go. Dan knows. I don't know. I'm just going to show up at the stadium at some point and just, just be there. Just be there. Yep. Yeah. Pre-match 7.30, kickoff 8, just after 8. Uh, you can hear Dan Terror and myself on 15 AM 1500 ESPN, uh, the 1500ESPN.com and the free Score North mobile app. Also, because it's a home game, you can listen to us. On Yay. Apple TV, just go up to the little circle-y three-line thing, click that, and click the home radio option. And Boom. we will also be on Sirius XMFC, channel 157, if I'm Dang. remembering my channel's number correctly. So we'll be everywhere this week. We'll weekend. be right in your ears. You can't stop us. It's you will be not great. be able to get away from us nope, this weekend. We're everywhere. Uh, good so. luck with that. Also in the stadium concourses, from what I've heard. So yes. we are literally every place you can be for this match. Uh, so it'll be a good one, hopefully. Yep. Hopefully well, I think it will. We'll Can't wait for Saturday. Goal score. Yeah. yeah. Yay, goals. Right. We like goals. Again, we'll talk to you then, sir. See ya. Thanks. Have a good one. See ya.